You hear me good? Yeah, I hear you perfect. Can awesome. you hear me? Bam. Yeah, so good. Sweet. Hey, were you like this morning? We were like, oh shit, why did I agree to the podcast? Nah, nah, I'm a couple hours behind, so I still got this going a bit. So it's all good. Are you are you in your hotel room, Tyson? Yeah, we we flew back right after the game, and um, so we got back to we got back to Chicago at around midnight. Wow, wow, and 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 that's that would be typical. That's like just the way the whole season will work. Whenever the team's done, you guys don't I stay think, the night. I the think so. Yeah, I think so. I think so. And and, and then and you don't go back to your house. You stay with the team. Um, what do you mean? Like so that's so like the season start. I guess that's how dumb that question is. So the season started. Like mm-hmm. you now, wherever you are right now, is this where you live? Are you? Are no, you in a hotel no, I'm or, still, uh, I'm still just living in a hotel. Um, so the fine, all the cuts and stuff are made next week. So people don't usually get us a place until after they figure out that they're not getting cut. Okay, you don't want to yeah. get too carried away. Yeah, exactly. Hey, good morning, Caleb. Uh, Tyson Bajant, the NC. This is off the ESPN uh, website. Tyson Bajant, the NCAA's all-time passing touchdown leader from Division II Shepherd University, looked sharp against the Colts by orchestrating a 17-play, 92-yard touchdown drive, which he capped off with a two-yard run into the end zone. Dude, that was that's that was nuts. Yeah, it was. I mean. Yeah, it was. I found I was like in during the whole drive. I'm like looking around, like, holy shit, is this really happening? Like, this is insane. Like the stadium <laughs> itself, the stadium itself is pretty insane. Like it's a dome, like, and I've never played in a dome before. And it, it was the same place that the combine was at, but still, just seeing all those people in there, um, and I knew I had a lot of family there too, which was uh, pretty cool. But yeah, that whole thing was pretty, was pretty amazing. How high do you know how high it, the dome is above your head? Um, I have no clue. I know that you couldn't like you couldn't kick or throw a ball that high. You like, can't. Not, not even close. Okay, they they make sure of that. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because that that's why I was flirting with asking that dumb question. Just yeah, because I was that because I, I, I was looking up like man, I wonder. But that was, as soon as I looked, I was like, yeah, nah, can't can't make it up there. Crazy. Hey, um, there's no sign of that when I watch you play of you being in disbelief the whole time you look so comfortable out there like even like your your gestures you're doing with your hands the way your feet move even when the plays are done and you're going back to the huddle like everything you look like like i don't i don't look at that and be like oh he's new there you know what i mean it totally looked like you've done i guess you have done it 10 million times yeah that's kind of what i was saying to somebody um had a similar question yesterday but I was just telling them that, you know, luckily, luckily enough, I was able to play a lot of football in college, uh, more so than probably anybody ever. And also just with how crazy um, the play calling system is and how just intricate the calls are. As soon as the play is over, I'm listening super closely, ready to get this long ass play so that we can keep so we can keep making we can keep sustaining the drive and also um just so we don't get a delay a game um i don't think i i was ever worried about a delay a game in college like 
running out of time before before you before you run the play. Um, but now I just find myself every play just seeing where that clock is at and just making sure that I can snap the ball before it runs out. And, and then so when you score, there's not – I guess the way you're describing is it is that not only is it a relief that you scored, but that you're done for a second. You get a second mm-hmm. to go walk over to the sidelines and not be like, oh, shit, there's a play coming in. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Right? On the field, on the field, you're pretty like you're just pretty locked in. At least I, at least quarterback, I feel like should be just because of the the mental load of everything. Um, but yeah, after after getting in the end zone, however you get it done, uh, just coming to the sideline that handful of minutes of just you know getting loved on and not having to worry about the next play uh, is pretty sweet. Um, this is an interesting comment here from Turntable. Man, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but no one could have predicted Tyson's success so far. If anyone did, they must be a genius. There was one person uh, <laughs> that you and I know who calls me and has told me it was going to play out, God, almost exactly like this. <laughs> he, That guy knew the whole time. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it is pretty wild. I think about that. I think about that a lot. And it's this it's this other little weird little story I've been thinking about a lot. So during COVID, right? During COVID, we weren't doing anything. Only thing that was happening was um me my dad was working out, me and my siblings and maybe a couple of my buddies. Like just uh-huh. every day at ten AM we would just go to the CrossFit gym and just do something terrible. And one day after that we had stopped to get uh, gas at Sheets. And we were in there, I guess, looking around at, at stuff. I don't know what exactly we were doing, but this lady came in, and I guess this was like some kind of like psych- psychic lady, in a sense, just she could like sense things or whatever. And she had used to she had used to go to church and be friends with Steph Curry's parents. Okay. Right? Um, and my dad knew her somehow, some way. I don't remember the lady's name. Your dad knows everybody. Yeah. So she she looked at my dad said she looked at her and she was like. She had like glanced at me. She was like, "Oh, who's that?" Blah blah blah. I, and I'm not there, but she was like, "I haven't seen someone radiate energy like that since I saw little baby Steph Curry." <laughs> That's crazy. So and that, shit, and that stuck when she said that. That stuck. It's just something that I think about whenever some crazy shit happens in my life. I'm like, right. "Damn, maybe yeah. this lady actually, you know, does know some stuff." And so that was that's just one one of the things I was thinking about last night, just, you know, after the big drive and, you know, phones blowing up, family and friends hit me up. I'm like, man, who would have ever really thought that this would be happening except for maybe my dad and that lady from Sheets? That's crazy. Hey, I want to be really delicate. I don't want to lead you down any questioning that um, at any point just say stop. But but I got like questions. So, oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, but you just, you just, you just do the give me the Heisman if I it gets weird. Okay, here's the question: If they didn't want you on the team, so they have four quarterbacks, right? Mm-hmm. And I was um, what I'm learning about football as I immerse myself in it is the conventional wisdom is they take three. At mm-hmm. some point, there'll only be three. I'm assuming that they, if they didn't even want you, that they wouldn't be playing you. I mean, they're giving you all this play time, right? So they're either trying to set you up for success or set you up for failure, but someone's obviously like uh, watching you. And then the question on top of that is how could you have done any better? 
that's that's the main thing that I've been kind of focused on. I mean, there's a lot of people like, man, what do you think they're going to do? You know, what's going to happen? Are they going to keep four? Are they going to keep three? What are they going to do with you? What are, and, and, you know, but other and, you know, rather than kind of thinking like trying to come up with a response to that, because I have absolutely no clue because you, you know, do have not, no clue. You haven't I seen have, like you haven't been I like, have, oh, there's extra shirts there. They're going to keep me or oh, shit, they've gotten rid of my shirts. I'm gone. I mean, no kind of like you said, like just from a baseline standpoint, I'm like, you know what? These guys really have to trust the whoever they put in the game. So if they're putting you in the game, I mean, if they thought that you were going to go out there and, you know, make their organization or their coaching look just absolutely insane and bad, you know, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't they wouldn't put you in the game. So I and I and I know that I've been, you know, working really hard on the mental aspect just to be able to call the plays, run the plays and be effective in that sense. Um, but from like a like a logistic standpoint, what they're going to do, like going into the season, you know, I really don't have any clue. All I know is kind of like what you were saying, like if when I do get an opportunity to just absolutely make the most of it um, to the point that, you know, if they, um, you know, if it were to go south, that I could just, you know, I could be comfortable in, in knowing that, you know, I kind of, you know, did everything I was supposed to and took advantage of all my opportunities. I didn't even I didn't even think about that. So when you go out there, not I always just think of it as the wide receiver and you must or, or the, whoever catches the ball, what um, you and him must have a special relationship because if he drops passes, you look bad, and if you throw bad passes, he looks bad. Mm-hmm. But I didn't even think about what you're introducing is just like the coaches don't want to look bad either. They don't want oh, to put yeah, them on. Yeah. So, so you're representing all sorts of people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everybody's um, everybody's name and their brand is is on the line. You know, they every day, like especially in the NFL. You know, you really get really all it is is a one day contract every day. One day every day they give you another opportunity, and they could also terminate it any day as well. Um, so you really just got to be you got to be locked in. Not just players either, coaching. Um, support staff, everybody. If you um, you start messing up, I mean, there's a million people knocking at the door waiting for an opportunity to be in the NFL one way or another. So they'll just give that next person the opportunity. Um, there's that uh, F1 show on Netflix, and I've only watched um, episode one, season one. It was like from five years ago, mm-hmm. and I watched it a couple weeks ago. And in that first episode – uh, the team, I think it's the Ferrari team. I can't remember, but one of the teams has two cars. In both times, a guy doesn't tighten the bolts down on one of the tires in the car, and it ends the race for them. It's like a hundred and ninety million dollar race car team. Yeah, one yeah. one ding dong doesn't tighten the bolts, and and it's over for them twice. Yeah, something something just so tiny as that, and it's like at this like since I've been practicing, you know, with the Bears and in the NFL, like at Shepherd, we didn't really have. We didn't really have anything, you know, compared to what we have now. Like we literally had nothing, you know, here at here at in Chicago, like it's like in practice, there's like support staff that are um, strictly in charge of setting up the drills for the quarterbacks or the drills for the quarterbacks and receivers. Um, or even there's like a there's a trainer that's specifically uh, her job is to follow around just the quarterbacks and give them water throughout practice. So like little things like that, where each position group has got like a trainer that's that's giving them water um, and everybody's got uh, support staff that is helping them set up just that position groups, um, 
you know, drill work for that day. And you can see that sometimes when those support staff people mess up, you know, like people are not like very kind and understanding about that at all. Like, um, so just seeing how on them they are, I could easily see where if they would consistently be messing that up, they'd be like, yo, we got to get so-and-so out of here. He is like, you know, we're missing 10 minutes of drill work just because he doesn't know what the, what the freak he's doing. Once we get out there, we can't have that. So, um, every position it's kind of like a, a high intensity stressful environment for everybody you know in the building and it sounds like it's a well-oiled machine oh yeah they're on it yeah they're on it there's they're on it um can, can we bring up the uh when you went into the end zone and you and i just fire a bunch of naive questions at you okay so can you tell me what they was that the play no nah, it was a pass play and really i should have thrown a ball to the running back um, but I kind of, I kind of bobbled the snap when I caught it. Um, so I got off of him a little bit too quickly, but then everybody else was covered. So then I just ran into the end zone. And, uh, okay. So, so, wow. I don't see ball pass. Okay. So thank you for stopping it, Caleb. Okay. So that's called the shotgun snap. Yeah. And, and, and why do you do that? Because you're so cramped up in the end zone and there's just not a lot of room. So you make more room by taking a longer snap. What's the, what's the reasoning? Yeah. I mean, I think there, like, there's a little bit of merit in going in the gun. Um, there's, there's, there's merit in going under center and in the gun, um, in the gun. I mean, if you're going to pass the ball, I mean, really, I feel like that's why a lot of teams operate in the gun is just because the quarterback can catch the ball and have space away from the defensive line. So he can see a little bit better. Um, but I mean, also for the run game, if we, if we were to hand the ball off in this um, on this play, like the running back would have more time to see where the things are developing and be able to pick the hole and and run a little bit more effective as well. Um, and that's so, yeah. the running back to, to your right, right there. Yeah, with right his hands on his knees. Yep. Okay. And and then so who are you supposed to throw it to? So he he's my first read, and he goes out on the, into the flat, and um, he's my first read. So when I bobbled the snap, like I said, I just got off of him too quick. But he was open. He should have. I should have thrown the ball to him. He what? He was. Could you play a little bit more, Caleb? And then somewhere you decide you must you see something, and then okay, so that guy's going that way, and you're supposed to throw to him. Mm-hmm. And how come there's no one already covering him? Oh yeah, he uh, is they kind me- of yeah, they, yeah, they messed up. Yeah, they messed up. So I, so after I got off him, I'm starting to look towards the middle of the field. So then out of my peripheral, I can see this defensive lineman kind of looping around uh, to my backside. So then I stepped up. And once I stepped up, I just saw an alley. So I know that this defender here on the bottom of the screen, right in the end zone. Yeah. I knew that our guy is running towards him. So he's either got to run to tackle me and I can throw it to him or he's going to stay on him and I can just run into the end zone. Okay, so until you cross that black line, you still have the option to throw. He knows that. Yeah. You know that. Okay, because I'm thinking that guy. So that guy's got a lot to think about. Because you're further. You're you're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're nine yards away from the end zone. He's sitting on the line. You would think he could catch you, but but he knows that you have the option still to throw. So he can't commit exactly. to you. Yeah, he really he really can't be right in this situation. And and when do you know? Um, that you're not going to throw it. Uh, as soon as he, as soon as he uh, makes contact with the receiver at all, like as soon as he's uh, bothered with him in any way, shape, or form, I know that I can at least, even if I get hit, get in the end zone. 
your momentum is going to carry you in. And as I ask you these questions and you answer them, are you hearing the answers for the first time? Or do you guys, do you actually like, is this stuff you talk about? Do you know that? Like, well, like in high school or in college somewhere, it's like, Hey, as soon as you see the guy touch the receiver, you know, you have two steps or whatever. Nah, it's just kind of like just doing the own math, doing your own math in your in your head, and also just like I said before, playing so much football in college that yeah. literally, literally, last football season, my senior year, I did this exact same play. Literally, the exact same play where I roll, where we were on the goal line, I was looking right, stepped up, ran left, and died and dove in the end zone. So, um just kind of repetition being the mother of all learners and just understanding, um, just understanding the game and how, how things flow. It's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And when I hear you talk, um, uh, it sounds that there's also a ton of pattern recognition. You're a pattern guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. That's a lot of really what it is. I feel like that's really how I have any successes not any success, but a lot of my success comes from just pattern recognition, just understanding, um, you know, what somebody has to do if they're in a certain spot. Um, how many of those guys out there are like seriously vying for a job like you? Like, are there any guys out there where they're pretty much they're they're going to play next year for sure? A hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of those guys, because I was um, I went in second yesterday. So those are like the second string guys. So a lot of those guys are. uh you know, have played years in the league and are uh, are pretty good. The running back's a rookie, um, and he's doing really well. He's a rookie like me, though, from the University of Texas. Uh, but, yeah, everybody else in there has um, been in the league for at least a couple of years. And so the other rookies want the ball so that they can showcase their talents too, right? They're like he, – he's chomping at the bit to get his hands on it. Yeah, I think everybody wants to – I think everybody's looking to do do good, especially, yeah, get the ball in the preseason. Um, and then after you go into the end zone, is it just, are you just on autopilot? Is that just like you, you throw the ball on the ground, the team comes over, everyone's like loving on you. Is is that just surreal right here? Like this? Yeah. The celebrating part. Yeah. That especially like when the guys come up and they're dapping you up and everything, that's kind of just unspoken rule. Like that's going to happen. So I always love that. But then I was like, man, you know, now you're in the NFL, you don't get penalized for celebrating. Um, I'm about to just spike the ball real quick. So then I just, you know, I, just, <laughs> I, did, it. I did it. You you do get in trouble in college if you do that? Let off yeah, a little college, steam? college, you're not allowed to really, you're not allowed to um, excessively celebrate. Like, you're not allowed to have, like, a celebration. Like, you can love on your teammates like that, but you can't, like, dance or spike the ball or, you know, do anything crazy. Um, if, wow, look at one guy. Did you see all that hair that one guy had coming out of his helmet? That can't be good. Go back a little bit. Look at that guy on the yeah, right. That's... Oh, I know. Yeah, I know that guy. That guy, I think that, I think that looks cool. Yeah, but, but did, yeah, I that... can see, but if he was playing offense, that'd be, that'd be scary just cause it, you're allowed. Like if you have hair like that, you're allowed to grab it and use it to tackle him. But he you plays are? defense. You are. Yeah. It's not against the rules. Oh my god, yeah, that's, that's crazy, awesome. right? Yeah, that's I like crazy. football even more now. That's great. Yeah, that dude's got good hair. But um yeah, he's playing defense, so he doesn't really he doesn't really have to worry about that as much. Um did did 
did the game go as um, planned, it, even meaning um, how, how much you got to play? Like before the game started, were you like, okay, I want to play this much. And when I do play, I want to perform like this. Did it go as planned or as, as you would like? Uh, I think for when I was in, it went how I would want it to go. Yes. Um, but I, I don't really have ever. Re- I, I, I know of the order that the quarterbacks are going to go in before the game, but I don't, I don't know how much I'm going to play. So I just, um, yeah. So I just try to handle when they do put me in kind of, like I said before, to the best of my ability. Would they ever pull you out during a drive in the middle of a drive? I don't think not. They usually let you get there. They'll usually be like, Hey, this, you know, you got two more or this is your last drive or, um, something in that, something in that realm. And, and, and did you finish the game? Uh, no, I didn't. I came, uh, Nathan, Nathan went in after me. On your Instagram, you have no, the only mention you have of the game is you celebrating one of the other quarterbacks touchdown passes. You haven't put anything up of your stuff, but you're celebrating the other guy, uh, in your story. Like you're said, isn't this your competitive? I mean, I know he's on your team, but you guys are going for the same job, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Tech- yeah, technically. Yes. So why put up his um, amazing pass and not and not? I mean, you had a t- ton of amazing things that happened yesterday. Yeah, I thought I was um, everything I was seeing on my um, Instagram for the time I was on there was that. So I saw that video a lot of times. So, um, but really, I mean, that guy has helped me so much, like with just helping me learn the offense and everything. And I really like him a lot. Um, so I was hyped for him that that he threw. I mean, he threw a great pass right there. So I thought it was a pretty sick little uh, angle that they got of it. So you know, that's all it is. That's all it is. I really do like that guy though. He's, uh, um, you know, I went to the, I went to. He took he took me to the movies a couple weeks ago. He answers any questions that I have um, about you know things that are going going on. Whether that be like you know I'm going to my first away game. Hey man, you know what? what exactly are we about to do? What's this going to look like? And he's just been filling me in and helping me out. So, but that's all the quarterbacks in the room really. So uh, he's just been, he's been pretty sweet. Um, d- Does your agent or your dad or anyone be like, Hey, what are you doing promoting that guy? Nah, nah. It, it, even if they, even if they thought that nobody, I don't think anybody wants to be weird enough to say something like that. Only me, only me. Yeah. Well, it's good. <laughs> hey, I think it speaks volumes to your character. I mean, just crazy. Yeah. Great, crazy. Um, uh, Dusty Willard, hey Tyson, say hello to Darby in the video office for me. Oh, I got you. I will. I will Do you know hello. the people in the video office? Uh, yeah, I know Darby. I know who Darby is. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Wow, yeah. small world. Look at Dusty yeah. trying to show off like he knows someone over there at the Bears. Yeah, what a guy. Four ninety nine. Uh, do you do you play next week? Yeah, we back. We play back at. Uh, we play at home against the Bills, Buffalo Bills. And will there be cuts before the game? Nah, but the for the two days right after the game. Okay. They're gonna and, cut it. They're gonna cut it from uh, ninety to fifty three. So either way, it'll be emotional for you. There'll be fr- friends of yours either. Either you'll be cut or friends of yours will be cut. Either way, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's already like, you know, you've all people, I've already gotten a taste of like, you know, people getting cut. You know, when I showed up, you know, my locker room, my locker room neighbors, my locker neighbors were not who they are now. 
So it's like little things like that where you just one day a guy from the staff is just in somebody's locker with a big cardboard box packing his stuff up. And then the next, the very next day, or even that same day, you'll see a completely new person um, in that same, in that same locker. So, um, you know, getting an idea of being able to see that's been pretty, uh, pretty surreal and, and pretty crazy, but I guess it's just, you know, it, it's not that it's unknown. Like I knew that things like that were going to happen. Uh, um, uh, Ken Walter Sevy, it's a team sport. All right. If you say so. Uh, um, Dan Tyson's the goodest dude out there. Truly someone to look up to and strive to be uh, similar to. Wow, thanks. Uh, a, a friend of mine went to a uh, Post Malone concert the other night mm-hmm. as a guest of Post Malone, and he's in the back with all the the famous people. And he said some people are just so freaking cool, and then other people are too cool for school. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm guessing that – oh, yeah, there he is. There's my buddy. Oh, Dave went. That's cool. Yeah, right. That's awesome. Yeah, they're gun buddies. Nice. Um, uh, it, the coolest thing was is he told me he got to hang with Post Malone's dad. Really? Yeah. What did he say? That was like I don't. He said his dad's cool as shit. He said his yeah. dad's so cool. He said he just basically hung with his dad most of the time. He said his dad was so cool. That's awesome. Um, oh, in. In the locker room or on the team, I'm guessing that that's not what you want to be. You don't want to be the guy who's too cool for school, right? Because I'm guessing that the coaches and stuff are like, sp- speaking of team, want want it to be a team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's weird because they want it to be the same camaraderie and togetherness as like any other team. Like that's what the coaches are striving for. They're saying all the same motivational things that a lot of the other coaches that I've grown up say. Um but now you're telling, um, you know, in a couple particular situations, you're telling a dude who's already got enough money that he doesn't need to do anything for the rest of his life. And you're telling him to go, like, just go out, sacrifice his body for the team and, and do this and do that. And I can, you can see that for some people, like, they're just like, man, come on, man. I ain't, I ain't trying, I'm not trying to do that. Like, you know, blah, blah, this, and you can see that. And really, I mean, you can look at it. I look at it in two ways. I look at it like, man, you know, I would hate, you know, to be that guy's wife or kid or something like that. Cause you kind of just feel like that could just be a domino effect and they could just be, you know, losing that shit, you know, to their family, which is, which is never good. But then it's another thing. It's like, Man, he does have a whole lot of money. He probably did have to do all those crazy hard things at one point. Um, but I just look at it also like, man, I just don't ever want that to be me. I don't care how much money I make. I just want to continue. I just want to work as hard as I can, continue to shoulder the stone, and just freaking just go as hard as I can all the time, just because of what I know that that'll do for like, you know, my family and everything. Even if I get tired of it, at least just do it, you know, for my family. Are you enjoying all this? Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's been it's been super rewarding, so it's been great. It looks like I mean, from from where I see from my little house in uh, Santa Cruz, California, it looks like you're having a blast. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, I, I'm also one of those dudes too. Like a lot of the guys in, in in rookies, like a lot of the rookies that are here also are coming from really big schools. 
that are kind of, you can kind of, there's some similarities between the facilities here and the facilities where they came from. For me, this is like, this is a whole new universe. So I'm really every day, no matter what it is, walk through lifting, you know, pregame, game day, practice. I'm like looking around like, wow, this is insane. I cannot believe I'm experiencing this right now. Um, so I think that has played into my, that's played in my favor. I think just what I came from um, and then now where I'm at. Um, you, this is no, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this, the, the story that I've learned in the last year um, talking to you and your dad, this is no surprise to you. This is a surprise to a lot of other people, but you've, you've, you have surrounded yourself with people who believe in you and you believe in yourself like no other. Like, it's not like to the outside, this is, might be like some Cinderella story. Some D2 guy comes on and he's made it through the first two games uh, really, really well. But for you, you've been a, a dominant player and a, sh- and a shining star wherever you go for many, 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 many years. And yet, you have to prove yourself again here. Is a part of you like giddy that like, like at first it must have been a little demoralizing. Like fuck, they really don't know how good I am. They they just think I'm just some fucking <laughs> ding dong from fucking West Virginia. But is part of you also kind of excited oh. that they don't that they didn't know that you're like yeah yeah. I think it's cool seeing uh, the difference in the way that people talk and approach you like after a given amount of time. Right. Um, Cause you could, I could see that during like training camp practices, you know, I would do something good and it's like, people will come up to me like, Hey man, dude, good job. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of how I would look at my, like my little sister, if somehow she was able to actually hit the softball in the game, like, Holy shit, you did it. Like good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so in my head, I'll be like, yeah, all right. Thanks. Thanks buddy. Like, you know, thanks. Thanks for holding my hand through this or feeling like you need to at least. Um, but really, yeah, I kind of I, I kind of like it. Um, I, I, I do kind of like it. And I don't know. I just feel like I've just been uh, I've just had a different mindset about this whole like football thing to where it's really kind of always been a big thing of what I do. Um, and when I'm not doing it, I'm really thinking about it, like really in depth and in different ways and kind of in weird ways, just how I could do something different and um, I think that's also helped me too, because I think when a lot of people leave like practice or a game that, you know, they kind of, they just shut it off um, and they worry about, you know, other things, you know, in their life, which I worry about those things too, but always in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, thinking about maybe a certain play where I should have did something different. And like the one wide view of the play you just showed me on the touchdown. Yeah. Right. The touchdown, the touchdown was great, but all I can think about is the fact that I should have thrown it to the running back. Oh, so just little, yeah, just little things like that's how I'm thinking about it. Obviously, super grateful that I was able to get in the end zone and score my first NFL touchdown. But in the same token, I'm just like my coaching point, you know, if I'm following, if I'm listening to coaching and I'm following my rules, you know, the ball would be in Roshan's hand and he would be the one uh, in the end zone. So just little things like that. Do you get like talked to just, at all about that, by the way? Is yeah, we'll, any- we'll watch film. We're going to watch, we'll watch film together. Um, tomorrow and then we'll, we'll go through the the uh, game and critique everything and then start getting ready for next Saturday you know um, your dad is really like that too that you're describing your dad 
um, he'll talk about he when when he was arm wrestling just on the regular basis. He was always thinking and trying to innovate and rethinking and angles and positions on the table and how to talk to the ref. And he would just just to grind it over and over and just be thinking of like different ways, like you said, think, trying to think of even different ways of how to think about his sport. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I think I also to... like, like the, even him and in, in, just in the car or in the living room, like always having a dumbbell in the living room or always having a towel in the car, just, he's just squeezing it. Just little things like that where you just like, you know, you've always, you know, you've set yourself up to where you know that you can always kind of hone in on your craft, not in like a super taxing way even, but just in a li- just the little wins where you can start to separate yourself from people over time. Uh, turntable. Uh, in, in one of the postgame interviews, Tyson, you said something like the offensive coordinator is uh, offensive coordination is designed to favor not fa- failing over big plays. And that made you feel comfortable. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So, I mean, basically every single play I get, there's a, there's a, there's a check to another play on it. So really you're getting two plays and if they give you a certain look or a certain defense, then you would change it to the, to the next play. Um, So really the offense is set up to where you really aren't, you really, it's designed to not have any failing plays. Like, cause in, in college, you know, you get a play, that's the play you're running. If they come up and they show the worst defense possible, unless you're a quarterback like like I was, thankfully, in my last couple of years, that's been in the offense for a million years and knows every all the ins and outs of it, and you can just change the play um, on your own on your own. Um, you know, you're really just going to run a really bad play into a bad look with no. There's like no hope of having any success. Um, so this uh, in in this scheme, and you know, this is the only scheme I've ever been a part of. So this might be it might be like this for all thirty two NFL teams. But just for um, you know, you get a certain look, and now the, the original play you have is not a good play against this look. So now you would just check it to the other play, and now you know nothing's going to happen perfectly. But now at least you're in a situation where you know that the angles are correct, that the defense is aligned correctly for this play to potentially have success. Um, so that's what I think is pretty cool. Like if you just follow the rules and you follow the coaching and everything, you can avoid, uh, being in like a loser situation before you snap the ball. Who, um, when the game's over and you want to talk to someone, who do you call? Who do you talk to? Yeah, usually somebody in my way. Nobody in particular. Obviously, my dad is super into the whole football thing, so it's usually him. But somewhere, somebody in my my mom or dad probably my mom, dad, or Ezra. Really, no one like um, like if you like, there's stuff you want to share, funny stuff. Like, dude, right when I went out there, I went to tie my shoes and my shoelace broke off. Oh my god! And uh, you should have seen the snot rocket that came out of my nose when I took the snap (laughs) and landed on the ball. And as I threw the ball, the guy caught it. I was all I could think of was I had a snot rocket on it. Like there's stuff I'm sure like stuff you want to share. That's your dad and your uh, little brother and your mom. Probably not. No, probably not that. Probably maybe my little, my little brother, but I got, um, so I've got like five really good buddies and I was actually, I talked to all five of them after the game. Uh, on a on a conference call like on a group call or nah, just one at, a time? one at a time it was one oh at my a time, god but... you're a good friend holy shit yeah yeah that 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 would have been cool the conference call would have been cool but 
Yeah, I kind of had one of those. Uh, my head coach from college, his son was my roommate in college and played played fullback for us. And he's became one of my really good friends. And he actually helped me learn the play. He helped me with the playbook while I was home on break. So um, he was one of the guys that um, I was talking to because he just it was just one of those texts where uh, we knew how crazy this whole situation was going to be. And he has kind of a better idea than most people just because he helped me kind of learn the playbook and stuff. And he just texted me. He was just like, dude, are you serious? <laughs> and I was just, I said, just because him, you uh, did so good, like you can't even believe it. Yeah, he, he was did. like, dude, yeah. dude, are you serious right now? And and I sent him, uh, what's it called? Is it a GIF? You know what that is? Yeah, like the GIF, like the animation. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I sent yeah. him, I sent him the one, uh, the are you not entertained one? Yeah. He's like, and then he replied <laughs> back. He he was like, uh, what do you say? We played this terrible team in college. They were like the worst team in our conference, Lock Haven University in, in uh, Pennsylvania. And he was like, why did you drive down the field like the Indianapolis Colts were Lock Haven? Yeah, that, that oh. one. That's the one I sent to him. That's the one I sent to him. And so I called him and we laughed about it. But, yeah. So, yeah, they're my five buddies I talked to, we all talked about dumb stuff like that. So that was cool. Uh, Jeremy, uh, as a cheesehead – is that a that's the the Green Bay team? Yeah. What's the team? Yeah. Okay. As the Chiefs said, I struggled at first to cheer for Tyson, but uh, um, damn, he's a good dude. Hope you make it, my man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Carlos Mejias, uh, ask him if he's done any CrossFit wad at the facilities, or has he shared any of his CrossFit training with his teammates? Good question, Carlos. No, not yet. Our schedule has been like absolutely brutal since i've been here um but i do i have been counting down the days to when training camp does end and and i can kind of start getting back into my own little uh in my own groove um you know from a functional movement standpoint because uh, we do we do work out but really it's it's just not the same as what i'm kind of used to um so i am I am ready to get back into it, but I have been on the slack box a lot. That's kind of one thing that I've uh, kept consistent. Um, they, the they gym, have, uh, yeah, the they gym. have slack boxes in the facility. So um, the Chicago bears have those. Yeah, I know. Right. And that's funny. Look, so I see them. I, they're like hidden in the corner. One day I'm walking by and I see them. I'm like, cause I had brought mine from home and I would just been using it in my hotel room, but I saw, I saw them in the corner. So I go up and make sure it's, it, it is what it is. And I see them. And a bunch of different sizes, and I go up to the <laughs> strength and conditioning because I'm like, man, how do y'all know about slack boxes? Like that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, what is it? Slack. I'm like, yeah, the slack box that you have in the court. He had no clue. They just kind of like just had them. I guess. Like, yeah, no clue. I'm talking. I'm saying you're like, yeah, you know Jim Klopman. About he's like, who? I'm like, oh man, all right, never mind, never mind. Hey, so um, give me an idea of what you do with that. You 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 have it like do you do the same thing I do? Like I, like when I'm researching um for a podcast, I just uh, researching to do a podcast. I'll go in my garage, put something on the TV, and then just basically take turns standing on one foot, touching my toes, doing different movements mm -hmm. on it. Is that what you do? Yeah, so I'll do. Yeah, I usually just do the three main uh the three main stances on it. So like putting your whole foot on it, then uh putting your foot perpendicular to it then putting it at a oh. slight angle and, oh. and i'll do that for uh three minutes three minutes each th three minutes each 
of each movement on each leg and try not to touch the ground. And then um, if I've got, you know, more time than that, I usually do it as a warm up. Um, and then if I have more time, than that, then I'll get a ball involved and I'll start bouncing the ball off the wall and catching it and just little stuff like stuff like that. Wow. Um, so you're a huge believer in it. Yeah, I mean, because, I, I, you know, I read his book and there was um, just kind of the way that he was describing it, like. Um, just like a balance being the sixth and most forgotten about sense and just how important it is and how detrimental everybody's balance has become due to just how safe and precautionary everything is with like buildings and floors and sidewalks and everything. And people, it's easy to just lose that. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get old and you start falling down and stuff and, you know, screw that. But, but from a more athletic standpoint, obviously I would like to keep my balance as long as, you know, as long as I can. Um, But from an athletic standpoint, just like the more balanced you are, I mean, I could, you know, uh, yeah, sure. I'll take all the balance in the world, you know, just another tool in the toolbox. I, I, um, I think I remember him saying something like your limit. I always think of the, what he said about baseball. You're limited how hard you could swing the bat by how well you can balance while you're swinging it. And I was like, well, that's, that's, a, interesting. that's what it was. That's what it was. The one thing that, the one thing that stood out uh, to me uh, was in the book, it said you're, you're limited in the way that you, in the speed in which you can body depending on how balanced you are. And I was thinking, and the first thing I clicked in my head is there was this freaking super stud athlete when I was in high school um, that was like so quick and could change direction so fast to the point that you it didn't even really make sense. And just like thinking of that, I'm like, oh, he's able to do that strictly because his center of balance is off the chain. Like that's that's all, that's the only other, that'd be the only other difference between him and another quick fast dude who cannot make these plays. It's just his balance is so um, centered and, and good. So him saying that, and then just like the whole neurological system of like when you get better balance, it's not the fact, um, it's not something you just get better at. It's like your neurological system is organizing itself within the different ways that your body is, is making and balancing that eventually you're just able, all of a sudden you're just able to stand on the slack box for, for longer one day. Not even because you put a ridiculous amount of time into it, but just because your, your your neurons have organized themselves in a way that they now know how this feels and they know, you know, who needs to fire and what at time. Um, and I thought that was pretty cool, too. Do you um, so so this game, this game you're going to play next week could be your last game. It could be. Yeah, it, but but either way, you will know something. So you play next Saturday? Yes. So yes. so on Monday, you'll know something different about the trajectory of your life? I think so, yeah. I think that should be Monday, yes. Like two days after? But no matter what, by the time September 1st rolls around, I'll know if I'm a bum or if I'm a Chicago Bear. Right. Now let me ask you this. This, this is another, I feel like, touchy question. Tell me if it is. Now all the other teams have seen you now, mm-hmm. right? So like every like like I'm assuming that not only the teams are watching their players, they're watching all the other players in the league. So some other some other team out there, I um of the 31 teams, they're also checking out quarterbacks, and they're like, oh fuck, what's that guy doing over there? That Tyson mm-hmm. Bajan dude. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. If if Chicago doesn't get you, can other teams get you? Yeah, I think yeah, if I if they don't have me make the team or I really don't there's something also with the practice squad, like teams could take me from the practice squad or something if I made the practice squad. Um but yeah, I, yeah, I I don't know a whole lot. Um I just leave that up to like, you know, my dad to talk with my agent about and just stuff like that. Cause he's the one who's really all into answering, you know, those questions and stuff. But yeah, I think, you know, if it were to happen where Chicago didn't want me, I would obviously have film, um, that they could, that they could watch it, that if they, you know, liked what kind of player I was, they could also scoop me up. Um, do you know if you're going to play next week for sure? Like, have they told you? Um, I, I, they haven't told me anything. I'd imagine that I would, but I also have absolutely no clue. Okay. But the the conventional wisdom would be that they would give you more time. Yeah. But also too, it's, I think they, a lot of teams take the, um, I think I'm going to play. I don't know if it'll be more time just because I think a lot of teams take that last preseason game as like, okay, now we need to get our starters ready for, the season that's about to come like we need to make sure that they're firing on all cylinders and that it's not just like their first real action isn't the first game of the season um, your family was at the game yeah my mom flew in yesterday morning crazy um, yeah it was awesome it was awesome and your dad was there obviously yep Yep. Him and, and my grandma him and my grandma were at my first game and they stayed the whole week and then went to the game yesterday and then now they're going home. And and where does, um, when did you see your dad at all yesterday? Like after the game, do you get a chance to see him or do you just go, go away with the bus? Nice shirt, yeah. by the way. Holy shit. Nice shirt. Yeah. Way rep, to the represent. Set, rep the Thank set. You. Um, yeah. So there's like a little family section and, um, I got to see him for like 15 minutes. Um, after the, the game, mm -hmm. your dad cry. Um, he didn't cry in front of me. I'd imagine I was thinking about that. I was like, man, I know, I know that he got choked up when I scored. Cause it was like, it was honestly the most crazy thing that I ever could have imagined. Just like the whole, like the way it all happened, the way the drive happened, the way I was efficient in the drive. And then the, just the atmosphere was crazy and it was on NFL network and it was just all these things. I was like, man, that is just like crazy. There's no way he didn't No way he didn't. Um, so I called them a handful of times yesterday, right? Trying to get in touch yeah. with them. Yeah. And then, and then it's 1030 at night and I'm, I'm just, uh, I think the UFC had just gotten over and my mm -hmm. phone rings and two of my boys are still up. We just watched the last fight and it's your dad. And I answered, I put it on speakerphone and he's like, Hey dude, things have changed. Lose my number. And he hangs up <laughs> on me. <laughs> <laughs> and me and my wife are dying laughing and uh and my sons are like devastated <laughs> is that real does one of your friends not want to be your friend anymore they're like tripping that's funny dude yeah. how about how about the sugar show oh my goodness what a stud Crazy. i'm not gonna lie i thought he was just gonna get mauled in there me I too was, i thought he was just gonna get wrestled to death me too yeah, that was awesome. And Ian Gary, too, is a stud. Ian Gary did really well, right? Ian Gary is the man. The next Conor I, McGregor. I didn't like um, 
I did you watch any of the the build up to the fight, Ian and uh, Neil Magny? I watched. Uh, I did watch a little bit of it. I did. I felt like he was mean to Neil Magny. I mean, I know it's the fight yeah. game, but man, in the, in he, the was, press he was a little mean. Yeah, I was like yeah, that. I don't think that that's cool. Get off his yeah, back. I, yeah, it's almost like uh, he's trying to just hone in that Conor McGregor mantra yes. energy thing. Maybe a little too much, but I mean, if he keeps handling dudes like he is, I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. It's almost like you can say whatever you want if you if you can uh, cash the checks your mouth writes, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, hey, I I appreciate um, the time. I'm so excited for you. It's 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 kind of crazy. The core group who watch this show in the morning, they've just blown up my DMs. Everyone's just like in a frenzy. They can't even believe that they got to meet you after uh, after your last college game, and then they've gotten to know you, and you've shared so much with the group. So we really appreciate it. Thanks. It's it's a it's a cool journey to be on with you. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. My dad said, um, my dad was actually saying, he was like, uh, he was like, yeah, man, listen, don't do any more, don't do any more podcasts. Don't do none. It's only a matter of time for you say something stupid and people start, you know, doing this. So now this is the only, this is the only podcast I do. So. Oh, good, have, good, good. Have me on, have me on whenever. Have me good. On whenever. Yeah, you come on whenever. Hey, and I can't wait for, for those of you for the last, well, I don't want to celebrate yet. Anyway, congratulations, buddy. I love you to death. I, it's, it, it truly is an honor to be, uh, in your, in your sphere and get to, uh, and get to enjoy this with you. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it, it's, it's fun. I mean, you're you, the ripple of your success. I mean, like, I, like my wife doesn't even know anything about football and I was putting together an Instagram clip to post, uh, yesterday for some of your plays and she could just hear the ESPN commentator talking. And she goes from the other room. She goes, what is this? It's giving me chills. And, like, she's not even – you know what I mean? She's not – yells that from the other room. And my wife does not say stuff like that. She's That's just, awesome. like, flatline. Yeah. That's and I was awesome. like, oh, shit. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah, it's great. That's good stuff. All right, buddy. Uh, you look great. Hey, oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask you this. Are you sore at all? Um, I'm not today, but you know, after the last game, I got sacked and my leg got kind of whacked. I was sore after the last game, but today I feel, I feel pretty good. No, no, really not like your hamstrings or not like no doms. Nope. I feel pretty good. I got out of there unscathed. Yeah, that's crazy. Good on you. All right. That makes me happy. All right. Love you. Have a safe trip. Uh, talk to you soon. I'll Love be bugging you. I'll see you soon. Yep. yep. Hey, and don't ever feel I I know I know what it's like getting all those text messages. So never ever feel obligated. I'll just keep bugging you. You know what I mean? Don't ever yeah. think I'm I never trip. Okay. Good. Yeah, you're Thank the you. man. Have all a right, good day. Bye. Yep. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, Tyson Bajan. Holy shit. Holy shit. My, so exciting. My 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 buddies. Little son's going to make me famous. Take my podcast to the next level. <laughs> oh, fucking nuts. Does he feel like a kid still, or does he feel like he's made it? Hey, that dude's going to feel like a kid for a long time. That dude just has his head down. Big time. Yeah, he that that's a workhorse. I wonder if somebody grabbed that ball for him. I saw somebody run off after he spiked oh, it. Oh, good question. I, I, like at the end of the video, you can see a guy like literally with his hands out, like running out to catch it after he spiked it. So yeah. I'm hoping somebody grabbed that and gave it to him. Um, is that what is the what is the um, uh, what is the conventional wisdom on that? Let me see if I can call him and ask him that. That's a good question. We need that answer, right? Do you get to keep that ball? Usually, 
like a first or something or like a milestone later down the road they'll find they'll get the ball for you or like maybe you don't want to be a dick and ask even though you really want it yeah right I, it looked like one of the receivers was he was like oh this is a big this is a big moment let me go grab that for him oh i called on the wrong phone Hey, sorry. One quick question. Did you get to keep the ball? Yeah, so after I spiked it, you can see that there's a receiver that runs and gets it. Um, and so, yeah, I think it'll be at the facility for me tomorrow when I walk in. Yeah, boy. All right. All right. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Bye. Oh, that's cool. That's so dope. Yeah, I thought I saw, I saw a guy running after it. Let me go see if I can find it real quick. Hey, that's just some dude, like, quick thinking quick on his feet. Who does that? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like that's uh, just conventional football wisdom. Like, one of his homeboys is like, "Oh, Tyson's gonna want that." Yeah. So, it's the guy to the left here. He spikes it, and then he just chases off off camera. Oh, what a cool dude! Number eighty three. Number eighty three. They call him the Labrador. Look at him. Like the ball gets thrown, and he's got to go. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's dope. Dang. That's, that's probably cool. that's probably good advice from his dad. Don't go don't don't go on his podcast anymore. <laughs> probably some good advices. Crazy. Guys, for people who um for people who I don't know if you're not a I think all the regular 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 uh, before I pivot to Laura Horvat, um, that dude's so smart, Tyson. Yeah, he is. And it's a big, giant computer processor that's crunching and working, and it's and it's clean. He doesn't have any dust bunnies in his brain. You know what I mean? It's not some kid who smoked weed or drank too much, or like that's just when you're t when you're engaging with him, you just feel. <clears throat> It's so it's so sharp. It's so, yeah, it's clean. so clear. Yeah, it's so clear. You're staring into just like a, a blue pond, a perfectly yeah. It's so. Um, I can't really describe it, but you know it when you're around it. The, the, it it's more than just nuanced. It's um, he's a he's a really healthy, high functioning human being. For sure. Crazy, yeah. It's fun engaging with him. He's fully engaged. Like no extra baggage kind of thing. Like he's just yeah, like, yeah. This, is, this is it. Yeah. And and, and, and um, when someone is really like that too, even the dumb questions or like the little kid questions, he's more than willing to engage in. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know shit about football. I don't even know which one was the running back. He's fully like, he loves every bit of it. I don't mind. Yeah. That's the running. Like, yeah, we're in the shotgun format and like, he just loves it. It's all. There were some things that he's like, he actually explained too. He's like, oh, I'm sure nobody understands this. So let me elaborate on, on yeah. what the gun is, on what the, on the benefits, the nuances, whatever. Yeah. It was really cool stuff. He's known since he's been eight that he still is like. Yeah. Sharp on. Yeah. Like he's not annoyed by somebody asking like any of that question. That's cool. It, it, it's like they say with fighting or a lot of, you know, I guess a lot of sports, if you get back to the fundamental, like it always comes back down to the fundamentals, like mm -hmm. from like way out, like to the, 
probably the really nuanced shit he thinks about to the fundamentals. It's just so it's awesome. Uh, CrossFit final call. He was cool as shit. Thanks for having him on, Savon. I'm excited to watch him play the season, same as I was super hyped for the games because of the interviews this year. Yeah, thanks. I know I'm pumped too. There's there's no doubt that knowing him and getting to know him is what makes um, it interesting. I might have to get the NFL Network. Uh, turn turntable. He was dropping big words in the post game interview too, like the source words and shit. Yeah, you know what's funny too is. That's why when I wanted to talk about his intelligence, it's not it's not the kind of intel I mean he has that he has both kinds of intelligence obviously he he's he knows his craft, but there's something else about him a a level of um it's like you know how you're supposed to clean a surface before you stick something to it like before we put your registration on or before you put a sticker on something on your window or something like he, if he's that surface, he's so clean. It's he's, everything is going to stick. Like when you say something to him, you just, you're just fully engaged. Maybe some people would just call that presence. Yeah. I imagine when he's Yeah. Like in- you said, no baggage is a good way to say it. He's present as fuck. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I imagine when he's in film sessions, like he's just soaking everything up. Yeah. Like he he could probably recall every play, every comment, everything that was said within every film session. Yeah, he remembers what the lady said at the gas station. Yeah, at the Sheets gas station. And and I like this answer when I asked him, like, hey, are other teams looking at you or would you go to their teams? It's like, dude, like I'm playing. Yeah. It's like when I found that YouTube money. People are like, how did you not know that was there? It's like, dude, I'm I'm doing podcasts. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Hey, he's always known, by the way. He's known and his dad's known. And his dad's always known. And I've heard his dad tell me for many years. That's what there's there's a whole nother side that almost feels unfair to talk about unless I had Travis on here to talk about it. But um yeah, what what a uh, what a what a trip! It's like his it's like his dad is the psychic, or 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 willed it into existence or some shit. I don't know what it is. I don't know how that works. Yeah, it's a wild story he told. So the thing with um with Laura is like, I I think all the regular listeners know this, but I see some stuff in the comments about people like commenting. And it's like, hey. To me, part of this is just all a shtick. Like no one, no one needs to jump in and like decide whether you like her or don't like her. Like I don't know how it's gonna play out. I'm reading the book for the first time, like the, like you guys are. That's what's kind of fun and exciting about it. But there's no um, there's no there's no reason to weigh in on like her character or whether you like her or not or any of that. This it's just fun. It's like this thing is this. This I'm I'm glad I'm engaged. I'm so excited that I'm engaging with someone like this. That I have this kind of just weirdness in my life. You know what I mean? Just the whole, yeah. Wait a couple weeks, let it settle down, and we'll call her again. See what happens. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Just keep it. Just keep it weird. Why would you keep not? It, yeah. Like yesterday, I put in my de I, I dehydrated tomatoes, and you're supposed to cut them in half before you oh. dehydrate them. And I'm like, no one's telling me what to do. 
I'll have to cut them in half. So I put them in the dehydrator and I didn't cut them in half. I'm going to check. I can't wait to check them after the show. Like whole tomatoes or like cherry tomatoes? They're cherry tomatoes. <clears throat> uh, Sevon, is Hurricane Hillary going to blow your house away like the big bad wolf? Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it's not to have 50 or 60 mile an hour winds around here is like that happens every year, at least once or twice, a few times a year. I find it hard to believe. I don't know why they're calling this one in particular hurricane. And there's always been hurricanes and whatever typhoons or whatever those things always smash Baja, California every year. I don't know what the. Um... Uh, Chad F, does anyone know I can get more than 10% off at Wolverine to try them out? I don't. What's do they have a code word Sevon? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they I'm like, do. I'm, I've become addicted to that stuff. What do you use? The pre-workout? I use the pre-workout. I use the critin. 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 And I use and I use the hydration formula. Do you like the hydration formula? Yeah, it's actually my favorite. It's like because even on my fasting day, I'll put a little bit into a cup and fill it with hot water and just sip it over hours. And I like that. Oh, kind of like how you do your coffee. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, there's a 20. Oh, there was a 25% off option on the main page on their banner. That's true. Maybe we can look at that. It was really small. It was too small. Can we go there, Caleb, and look real quick? Yeah. Swolverine. It was it was a little tiny um like sliver at the top. Oh, free now it says free shipping on orders over $99. Yeah, so there used to be a um a thick code up there for some some percentage off. <sighs> Excuse me. My goodness, that's not cool. There's some, what else did I want to tell you? I wanted to tell you guys about Laura. Enjoy that. There was something else. Um, oh. I realized yesterday I was... Uh, I realized yesterday um, that I was uh, sexist. Sucked. It was a crazy rude awakening. Crazy rude awakening. Sexist might be too strong. But I was in the um, parking lot at Safeway in Santa Cruz. And I just loaded my kids in the car and I was fooling around. I made, Did you see the video where I pushed the cart away? Yeah, I did. <laughs> so I was fooling around filming that, right? And... While I'm doing that, I look over to my, and my wife's just getting in the car. And while I'm doing that, I look over to my left and I see a cart with groceries in it rolling down the middle of the next aisle over. Okay. So I start running to the cart because obviously it's like a runaway cart. Someone has left it. It's a steep driveway. Yeah, this is good. Did you like my music too? What is you? Uh, I can't remember. It's Godfather. Oh, yeah. It's great, yeah, right? Okay. Anyway, to the left over the, to the left over there, there was a runaway cart, and 
uh, and I see the cart and it's full of groceries and it's going and, and that's it. That's a pretty steep hill in that driveway. And it's like, Oh shit, this is going to fucking smash into a car. So I start running after it to get it. And it was like out of a cartoon. And as I'm running, I see whose cart it is. And I go, ma'am, your cart. Cause she was closer to it than I was, but I didn't get a good look at her. I just saw in the periphery and I looked and it was a dude, but I made the assumption that it would only a woman would let that happen. Like I saw that in my head, not like it, that clear, like only a, a woman would let that happen, but I just yeah. assumed it was a woman. Okay. And I'm like, wow, you're sexist. Now, gr- granted, it was a long haired dude <laughs> who was hip, like a hippie, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was like the time when I saw, I saw someone dump a bunch of uh, stuff out of their, uh, uh, truck window when they were driving and I pulled up next to him. I, I followed him into a parking lot and I told him, I said, Hey, you cured me of my racism. And they're like, why? I'm like, cause I, I thought only black people littered like that. I had no idea. I grew up in the Bay area. I'd never seen a white person do that. That's incredible. Thank you for curing me of my racism. This this, I don't know if I'm cured of my sexism though. I was like, Holy shit. I didn't correct myself either. I didn't be like, Oh, sorry, sir. I just went with ma'am. It was basically me 10 years older with long hair if I don't cut my man bun. <laughs> and he was wearing some tie-dye shit. Oh, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I, assumed, I assumed it was a girl. And, and I don't know. I'm working through it. I'm proud of you for that. Thank you. Just, just about self-reflection, right? Yeah, yeah. Manifesting self-reflection. No, he didn't correct he didn't correct me on the pronouns. I just said ma'am. Ma'am, you're fucking card or something. And then I was like, oh no, that's a dude. How does a dude let that happen? Uh Susan K, he was probably too uh high to notice. It's possible. Maybe. He did he did he did put his cart the 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 carriage where you put the carts away the the corral was right he did afterwards as I was in my car I was fooling around like trying to post my video and I did see him come and put his cart away so that was cool right yeah I I took a video of myself putting a cart away one time and as I was doing it this guy was driving by and like both hands off the steering wheel clapping at me and just like yelling congratulations or some shit like very sarcastically <laughs> but just like literally probably five miles an hour down the park down the parking lot just clapping away i was like i like it um twice in the last um month and i've heard this a lot my whole life but it just hit me like pretty hard twice in the last month i've i've talked to people about like doing something like Hey, you want to come on this podcast? And they're like, no, I can't. It's my birthday. And I was thinking to myself, I think that's one of the qualities about me that makes me, I'm going to say this as gentle as I can, different than other people. At 51 years old, I've never used that as an excuse for anything. Like my life isn't like that. I'm not like, I'm not going to school today. It's my birthday. I'm not going to work today. It's my birthday. I'm not going to go on a podcast today. I don't think I've ever used my birthday as an excuse not to do something. No, I've been like, it's my birthday. I'm going to eat cake today. 
or it's my birthday, I'm going to get fucked up today. I usually use that as an excuse to do something. I can't imagine... I'm going to just be frank. It sounds so weak to me. Like, I just think when I hear that, I just think failure, loser. Not like, not like just in everything. Not like you're, I, I, I just, um, yeah, yeah. I use excuses. B days. I use other excuses. Birthdays, a chick excuse. Yeah. I think of it as like a 14 year old girl. I said to someone, Hey, you want to come on my podcast? Like, Oh, I can't. It's my birthday. I was just like, Wow. I would think that it would be the opposite. I would think like you should have called me and been like, hey, it's my birthday. Can I come on the podcast? Maybe that's just because I'm just fooling myself. I can never vindicate December 6th, 7th. Don't call me. Hey, I worked with another shirt company before I met Travis. And I called the dude on the weekend, and he's like, hey, dude, don't call me on weekends. The guy said that to me, and I was like, wow, I'll never um, – Probably will never work with you again. I don't. I don't. I don't have Saturdays or Sundays or my life's not even. My life's not compartmentalized at all. A lot of stuff wouldn't get done. I just can't. Um, I just can't imagine having birthday as an. God, it just. Yeah, I, ju- I judge you for that. Anyway, I I I kind of apologize. Um. Yeah, always on. It's always my life. It's always my life. Gandhi said this thing. They said, "Hey, you can't you can't separate church and religion because your life is your religion." Yeah. How you treat other people, how you interact with the whole world, how you walk on planet Earth. It's all your religion. Your life, your existence is your religion. It better be. It's all you got. Howie, uh, Howie DeWitt, I, I love this. I've been a, been a proponent of this one, too. Uh, celebrate your mom on your birthday. She did all the work. Uh, word. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ken Walters, I always took my birthday off from work. It was paid holiday at one company I was at. Yeah, that's cool. Hell yeah. But I love my job. I, 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 I love them. I, I, never took the, I never took Christmas off or my birthday off when I worked at CrossFit. I would never take my birthday off or Christmas off on um, to do the podcast. I want to come on here and hang with Caleb on Christmas morning. For it's sure. cool. Yeah. It's like, it's why, why not? I it's definitely fun. don't want to go to the hospital and work at the hospital on Christmas morning, but I kind of get that. Really I get different. that. I get really that. Different. I get that. Yeah. Like somebody was telling me like, Oh, <laughs> I was like my supervisor. They're like, we can call you uh, anytime. I'm like, not, no, you cannot. <laughs> That's not how, it's a completely different, like, those are, somebody's dying, I'm not going to come in to work. You know? Those are, those are different kinds of, um, that's like, that you need, um, uh, it's like working out. You can't just work out 24 seven. You need rest time. Yeah. Right. But I can't imagine having something like this in my life, like a podcast and needing an excuse. Like I always want to work out. Like there's times I want to work out that I just don't. Like I want I'd love to do bench press uh twice a day, 7 days a week. That'd be fun. You just yeah. can't. So right. I get having to take a break or like sometimes I want to do a podcast and I'm like, dude, I better just take a break. 
but it's not because it's to make the podcast better. It's not because I'm avoiding it, but, but I do get, I, I get what you're saying that were that, that you need a break from that kind of work. The Indentured emergency servitude. room. Yeah. Oh, can't have to laugh. I put my phone on airplane mode at night. Yeah. I need to sleep too. I'm not convinced Sevon gets Howie Dewitt's name. I don't get it. Oh, now I get it. Howie Dewitt. <laughs> Shit. That one took a while. <laughs> wow. No, I didn't know. I didn't know. Holy shit. That, I think that's been a name for like over a month. Well, yeah, way long time. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Good job, Daniel. Now you nailed it. Wow. Impressive. Um. Uh, number, can you play? Oh, did I send you the notes? No, I didn't send you the notes. I want you to. Unless it's from one. yesterday. Oh, this I new notes. Let's see. Philip C A N T. Uh, live calling. <clears throat> I was having this talk with a friend the other day. A guy I know posted a picture of his son, his four-year-old son, with a tranny. Full fucking dude, fully dressed as a woman, basically touching his son, reading a book with him, right? A f- your four-year-old kid with a tranny right next to him, like like basically touching him so close that, you know, like how an adult might read a book with a kid. Sure. And I'm looking at that. And I'm thinking to myself, why would you do that to your kid? Why? Because that's what you're doing. Why would you take your kid to someone, a man, my friend and I were talking about this, who has the unquenchable desire to be with little kids while he's dressed as a woman? Why are you providing your child for this person's desires? It's a really interesting perspective, right? You have a four-year-old kid and you take them to men who have your, your boy, your pride and joy. You take him to a man who dresses as a woman who has an unquenchable desire to be around little kids. Now, if you know men, everything we do, everything we do, there's, there's, a, there's an undertone of like sex in it. And so when you know when men are dressing as women, there is um, some it's deeply rooted in some perversion around their sexuality. Also, Jake Chapman says they do it because look how liberal I am. I'm willing to do this to my child. Yeah, what it is. It is. Well, golf, golf, uh, foxtrot Yankee. It's the it's. The question, I, I don't want it. It's a rhetorical question. I'm asking the question because it puts a whole new spin on it. At first, like the look is usually the perspective is, is like, hey, look at these trannies. Why are they trying to groom your kids? Dude, fuck that. Don't worry about that. There's all sorts of weirdos out there trying to rob banks, trying to molest kids, trying to get in your sister's pants. Just whatever, right? That's just the world. These are the kids' parents serving up their children. To perverts. I know that's a little strong, but I'm going to go. I'm 90% sure. I just, it, it's it's such a weird, um, 
why can't why can't you take your kid to a, a reading hour with an Amish lady who's in a dress with the fucking like head thing on who's reading like how to get egg, collect eggs from a chicken this is my favorite children's book how to collect eggs from a chicken the main character is in this is Tommy and his chicken Betsy like why does it have to be why can't we just go to a normal reading time yeah I, I don't understand this desire to take your kid to men who dress as women who have an unquenchable desire to be with little kids. What are you doing? Do you know where I take my kids? I take my kids to a place where it's a bunch of fucking sweaty fucking Brazilian dudes who wear fucking robes with fucking cauliflower ear. And they rough my kids up and teach them how to rough other kids up. And how to make eye contact and say please and thank you. And to be completely confident in their in their in with who they are, the way they smell, in their skin. No frill. Everyone's dressed the same. A massive humbling experience where they're all the same in drones, and yet it's individual to defend yourself. And the other way, it's the exact opposite of of, of um you're part of the team. It's you're your own man. That's where I take my fucking kids. Those, those are I, I, those are the men I immerse my kids to. That I want my kids to be around. Sweaty fucking Brazilian men who practice the art of jujitsu. I. What What are you doing to your kids? What? Why? 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 I'm I'm perfectly okay if your um 22-year-old son wants to uh, dress up as a woman and and go to San Francisco and and go to gay bars and visit glo- glory hole places and all that stuff. That's cool. Enjoy yourself. It's fun. Get get crazy. Do poppers and drugs and but your kid, your 4-year-old boy? Don't ruin my story, Kenneth. Are they Brazilian? Who could, don't ruin my story. My kids are going to go train at AOJ. What's that? AOJ. My kids are going there. I got it set up Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then after, and, and then they're also going to be uh, skating with uh, at, at Sheckler's place, Ryan Sheckler's oh, wow. place. That's Again. exciting. Yeah, I don't know what's more exciting that they're going to train at AOJ. I'm kind of nervous for them. Why? Cause, dude, I was looking their their kids program in their their last tournament. They took all eight of their kids got gold medals. Damn. Yeah, uh, the Mendez brothers. It's their gym, and I think the Rotola brothers came out of there. It's just a crazy high. They got so many champion jujitsu champions there. That's pretty cool. Is the show still going to Newport next month? Next month. It's going um. Tomorrow. It's going tomorrow. Tomorrow I drive to Newport. You guys will miss me. Newport. Uh, Dick Butter, but how will he know he can dress up as a woman at 22 if he hasn't told it at four years old by a dude in pantyhose? I, dude, I'm so sure my sons can figure that out on there. Good question. Yeah, it's, it's solid. <laughs> uh When, when, when I, I, uh, you know, I was homeless for, 
And one and I when I was homeless, I was in the uh, city of Isla Vista, California, a beach town. I would just walk, cruise around when I had a backpack, and I got my clothes out of the free box, and I ate. I dumpster dove, and people would make me food, and I would walk around a lot, and I would walk around barefoot. I'd never wore shoes, and there was this home for disabled adults that I <clears throat> would walk by every single day. Home for mentally disabled adults. It was actually a. Uh, it was a long driveway with four units along the right-hand side. The back unit had three people in it. The two middle units were single people, and then the front unit was three people. So three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight, eight mentally disabled adults. And I walked, would walk by there all the time. And, um, and eventually one day I walked in there and I applied for a job there, and I started working there. And, and I applied for my job. I did my interview barefoot and all that, and I used to go to all my meetings my first year barefoot, and I would work there barefoot. And... After being there for five years, I ran the house and I think I had 20 people working for me, 17, 17 people working for me. I was the lead of the house. And while I was there, I made a movie called Our House. You can see it on YouTube. Uh, it won uh, 30 uh, film festival awards. There it is. Great doc on YouTube. Our house made me feel some things. Yeah. And I filmed it just, you know, the, the technology was so different back then. And it was, it was right around the time when the, it was the first time that any people could edit, the layman could edit. Before then, um, you could, there was no YouTube then, obviously. But before then, there was um, uh, you needed a million dollars worth of equipment to edit. Um, it's just it's a documentary about this house. It's a documentary about the house because I was I worked there for five years. And so I just started bringing my camera to school. And, uh, to school, to work. Anyway, and I lived in the driveway in a motorhome. Anyway, so one of the things that happened was is the movie. The movie got so much notoriety and so much attention that the state came down, and they told me they tried to shut the house down, saying that the way that it wasn't a good representation, and we weren't treating the the mentally disabled adults properly, or it wasn't a good representation of them. And the parents of these adults, every single one of them came to my defense and, and fought the state and pushed back, saying, hey, it's a perfect representation of how it is. This is how it is. Anyway. Um, and and in, in that house, there was a whole there was a whole spectrum of a range of disabilities, man. It was crazy. But I realize there's no real science there. The drugs that they're given, the diagnosis, it's all just made up shit. It's just made up. Like you think it's going to be all, it's just made up. You know, I mean, there's there's obviously some characteristics like all the people with Down syndrome sort of look the same and similar behaviors. And then there's the autism thing. And then there's the parents who drank alcohol when they were pregnant. And But there's a whole wide range. But um But they all, but they all fall, fell under this category of being retarded, slow. They were all slow. They were all they, they were they were all slow. They didn't they didn't you know what I mean? Like they, there was a component of them that all that all there was something about all of them that was you know imagine a four year old kid trying to catch a butterfly with a net you know like they just kind of would run around like missing the butterfly everywhere. There's a little piece of that to all those people just the way it is it's the facts nothing to be offended about it sucks you don't want to be that person you do not want to have brain damage 
It's a horrible thing. They know it's horrible. They're able to reflect. They know. And do you know for for all of them, all eight of them, the boys and the girls, the worst part about it, about the special needs, about the retarded people, they know that they're retarded. And what they want more than anything is to have an intimate relationship with someone who's not retarded. And and they know that they're not that's not gonna happen. That was the most after five years, that's what I learned. The girls want a fucking boyfriend that's not retarded, and the boys want a girlfriend that's not retarded. It's gotta be it was, tough it, to find. Well, at that point, it's also abusive. If if you're not retarded and you date someone who's retarded, you're you're something's wrong with you. Like it's frowned upon. It's unethical, oh. right? Yeah. You can't be banging some chick with Down syndrome. So, are you, I don't know. You, you I, could say I, this. I wonder if you could say the same thing about those people that uh, date like morbidly obese people. Yeah. Well, so, well, like, I mean, well. Like they're just like feeding them, feeding them, feeding them, feeding them. And they're like, there's no repercussions for that. Like, you're obviously, you're not in it for the, for the sex that's for sure well jake chapman why is that i'm down if she is my god boy um uh one of the girls ended up the the uh, one of the girls uh ended up getting raped by one of her caretakers and died i just i just found that out uh okay um but 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 i wanted you to i want to play number hey it's just funny because people say there was this there's this concern about you know when people say you don't know me you don't know me you don't don't know me me. yeah who took care of the boats yeah so i like just to so many people out there not you guys by the way i know you guys have heard my same stories over and over and over but people out there like you don't know me you don't fucking know me you don't you know you don't tell me what words I can and can't say that I can't talk about retarded people. I lived in a fucking driveway with retarded people for five fucking years. I'll say whatever the fuck I want. I've contributed. I spent fucking hundreds of days walking with people with mental disabilities two miles to a fucking swimming pool so they could swim and walk them back while everyone else told me it was impossible to take them to that swimming pool. I did tons of – don't tell me about what homelessness and drug addicts and any of that. I did all that. Fuck you. Don't tell me shit. You don't fucking know me. You worry about your own shit. You haven't done shit. Okay. Uh, number 34. Oh, is this, okay, let me see. What's David Goggins? Yeah. 18. Yeah. 19. Yeah. Now, you guys know me. You guys know me. I'm not saying it to you. I'm just saying that there's. You said 38. Uh, sorry, 34. 34. Same, same, but different. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, when people ask me about my my work colleagues, here we go. I work with retards. Isn't that a little politically um, incorrect? Oh, that's, hell with that. No one's going to tell me who I can and can't work with, right? No, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While, you, while I was working with retards for five fucking years, while you were doing what? 
while you were doing what? Just worry about your shit. I filmed documentaries in a hundred countries, never making more than two thousand fucking dollars a month. That was at my peak. Most of it I did for free. I filmed famine on fucking three continents while you were doing what? I'd love to take you out into the middle of a fucking famine and see how you fucking last. Looking to your left and right and there's kids who are fucking starving to death covered in flies. You fucking ding-dongs. Fuck you. All you. Can you play this again? It's really funny, right? It's a, it's a play on words, right? Like he's basically saying... We'll play it one more time. I really like it. I had to watch it like 10 times to understand this because I'm semi-retarded. Because <laughs> this is how we do it. I work with retards. Isn't that a little politically um incorrect? Oh, that's hell with that. No one's gonna tell me who I can and can't work with, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Got- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not gonna tell me who I can and can't work with. And now all of a sudden, who's the idiot? Dude, am I okay? No, I'm fucking tripping balls, dude. Tomorrow I'm not going to get to the podcast. I got, and, and I'm going to fucking miss a day. I'm fucking tripping. Just anyone. Just, just, uh, it's basically the, 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 the Wokarazzi. I'm not speaking to anyone in, in particular. The Wokarazzi. Oh, sorry. I know I need to contextualize a little bit. I just went through that whole thing at the CrossFit Games with these fucking knuckleheads trying to stop me from fucking going to, to go there. And it's like, in the in the the kind of shit that they're concerned about that I say or do, it's like shut up. God, you know what you are, David. You know what you are. You're like you're like that person who like makes things. You you're probably a whore. you don't have a wife, do you? You're fucking whore. you're that person who like when. I'm irritated. I do this to my wife. So so my wife's irritated and I pretend like I'm trying to say something nice, but really I'm just fucking with her. I can see she's irritated and I'm like, oh, is everything okay? Like feigning like I give a shit, but really I'm just like trying to see if I can push her over the deep end. Makes you a douche. Are you okay? Really what you're saying there is, is like, hey, you're acting like a fucking weirdo. You think, it, but but you're too much of a pussy to say it. That you probably used to not be a pussy, but you live in Europe now. Did I just alienate all our European listeners? <laughs> no, it's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> no, it's not about David. I love David. He's a good foil for me. Um. Uh, wait, uh, wait, who doesn't think I should be at Diablo? Now you're gonna try to stop. No, 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 no. Are you kidding me? The, the, no, the Diablo thing's amazing. I'm so excited about that. My whole thing, I, my whole thing, dude, I, I, I'm so excited about that. I mean, if she didn't want me there, she would tell me I'm friends with her. Dude, she gives me constructive feedback all the time. Athena Perez. I fucking love her. I have a, such a fucking straight up relationship with her. She's dope. Where is um Wait, was there was there a build up to this? Is there someone say something about her, Diablo? I don't know if I read into that or not. 
Sounds like Sevon should be nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Fuck yeah. Damn, where, what did I miss? Uh, somebody commented this, I think. And that's She's trolling thing. Athena because of her class. Who's trolling Athena? Oh, where that's is that? Funny. Oh, she is? She is trolling Athena? I don't know. Seven, when, in the, what, when the world gets you down, just go outside and walk around your garden. No one... I'm uh, no, I'm not down. I'm I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm just having fun. Oh, here it I is. just, dude, I rehearsed these. I rehearsed this last night. What are you talking about? Get me down. Oh, I haven't had the little fucking Matt Dillon. That's Matt Dillon, right? And um, what's the girl's name? Huh? Sorry, I was trying to look up the sporty Beth thing. That's okay. In the clip, in the clip, the the blonde haired girl. Oh, Cameron Diaz and Matt Cameron Dillon. Diaz. I rehearsed this. I'm right. not down. You guys, I'm not down. I'm not. I do want to pivot to the word imbecile. No, 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 no. Sporty Beth is not criticizing Athena. I don't think so. I haven't heard anything like that. Let's not get carried I'm away. I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to. Oh, you think said... it exists? Yeah. Somebody said, look at their stories. Wow. I can't see it though because she's got us all blocked. Oh, she doesn't have me blocked. Okay, well, if you look on your Instagram, maybe she can, you can see it. But I can't see it. How does me. she know I'm going to fucking Athena's? Um, uh, um. Probably because she watches the show. Uh. Oh, maybe she did block me. Uh, uh, shit. Well, that's weird. When she said she had blocked me, she hadn't blocked me. That's crazy. I don't know. Why would she block me? I didn't do anything to her. And I called her. I, I, I didn't call her fat. There's a difference between calling someone fat and observing that they're fat. I didn't. I don't. I don't. I don't go. You're a blue butterfly. Hey. I'm just like, that's a blue butterfly. And I and and she was she was saying something about her her body and I wasn't I wasn't saying it like not that I wouldn't but I didn't I don't really do that I don't really name call like too much. Oh wow, is that really true? Sporty Beth is mad that Athena's. Oh, somebody had to take I, screenshots. A, a, anyway, um, the cool thing is this: I, I should bring this up on September thirtieth. Uh, Scale Nation is doing a seminar at Diablo CrossFit. And um, I asked, I called Athena the other day and asked her, hey, I said, hey, I would love, I've always been a huge supporter of it, um, of her Scale Nation. It was always at the bottom of our uh, newsletter as a link to go to. I'm really impressed. I do think that that, I, I'm, well, you know, I've had so many people who've lost 100 pounds on the show. I've had Athena on the show. And I, my favorite thing about CrossFit is the fact that it's the cure for the world's most vexing problem. And I love the fact that I, I really truly do love the fact that there's an incredible business opportunity for people to help all these obese people who are now on the planet. This, this 29 pounds of extra weight that was put on on average in the United States by people during the pandemic. I mean, like, dude, like let's, uh, I, I, lo I love this thing. I love a seminar 
that shows you how to work with a client, special clientele. It, not that the L1 doesn't show you how to do it anyway, but there's a kid seminar. There's a seminar probably for um, uh, non-ambulatory. There's just different things, right? So if you're carrying around an extra 100 pounds, there's going to be a different set of rules for you. Different, different, not rules, different guidelines for engaging with you. Same with different guidelines for engaging with kids. Maybe even different guidelines for engaging with men versus women. It's perfectly okay. But I fully support this because I think this is huge. I want the world to be a better place for my kids to live in. I'm not interested in making fun of people. Well, I, I do like making fun of people, but just for, for comedy's sake, not for hindering them. Imagine that. Imagine imagine whoever, if she, I don't know if she really did, but imagine someone complaining that I'm going somewhere to film something and then give all of this footage. I'm going to take three amazing cameras there and film it in fucking 4K. I'm going to interview the people. I'm going to get capture every little bit I can of the weekend. I'm going there on my own dime. The only thing that I get out of this is that I get to go visit Athena. It's a good excuse to go up there and visit her. I haven't seen her in a while. A couple of years. Wow, really? I can't remember the last time I saw her. That's cool. Yeah, probably at the games three, two or three years ago. I get to go up there, and then afterwards, hopefully, uh, me and her and Craig Howard and Susa can go to, like, the most expensive steakhouse in the area and party a little, eat a big, fat steak, get a spicy margarita. Yeah. But why would you hate – even if you hate me, like, who cares? Just let me go there, film it, and give it to you. Let me. Let, how about making amends? Okay, I'm sorry. I observed that you were uh, fat, sporty. I'm sorry. You've made up tons of fucking lies about me. At least I wasn't lying. That's crazy. I'm a controversial figure. Someone who gets 800 views on their YouTube channel is after me. Ooh. can say whatever word you want. Anyone can say whatever word they want. It's okay. No, I need to... I Thank you, though. I need to call Gary. I'm going to call Gary today. You also said she should not eat cheesecake. Oh. No one should eat cheesecake. No one should eat cheesecake. I think that's a universal truth. What... Uh, okay. Uh, my friend has lost 70 pounds and it's entirely different human. She radiates self-confidence and beauty and badassery. She just hates that she can't move the same way that she used to. I made this series killing the fat man. Do you think that that's helped more people lose weight or what sporty Beth has helped more people lose weight? Do you think do you think a single episode of Killing the Fat Man has more views and has touched more people and been more relevant because it shows Gary Robert an obese man taking control of his life and getting fit has has helped more people a single episode of that or Sporty Best's entire YouTube channel 
I would argue that more than half the people who follow her follow her for the train wreck phenomenon. You know what that is? Yes. You know what that is, right? Oh, yes. And uh, and I don't think that that's why uh, people watch Killing the Fat Man. People watch Killing the Fat Man because they're looking for motivation to change their lives. People who've been through divorce or hardship, you know. It's like, dude, at bare, at bare, at bare minimum, can't you just be like, God, I fucking hate his process, but I know it speaks to people and helps people. Way more people than I've ever touched or helped. And if you, if you just want to be honest. Uh, Olivia, uh, Sporty Beth isn't helping anyone lose weight. Makes them okay just being fat. She isn't helping anyone. She's an enabler. Well, that's true. I don't know if she's not helping anyone, but she is an enabler. That's true. Oh, Eric Weiss. A Sporty Beth has helped more people because Gary is a man. Uh, number 37. This is pretty good. This is, I, I remember yesterday I was talking about what it's like in games briefs. Like how just, like, there's two, there's athletes asking questions and there's athletes who think they're dumb questions is what, the way I feel. Like there's two camps. Because there's athletes who just want to get the fuck out of there. But this is a great, I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble for playing this. Probably like dinged or something. But go ahead and play the whole thing. We'll just cut it out of the post show. So Okay, good. all right, I got one. Would you rather be a hobo with a 5% chance of getting inherited by a rich guy or be Hitler two years before the end of World War II? Because you know you're going to have to shoot yourself, but you still got two more years as Hitler. If you're the hobo, do you uh, have a place to sleep, like an underpass? or Different every night. As Hitler, can I change certain policies so that maybe I'm looked on more favorably at the end of the war? No, you already screwed up big time. A lot of dead Jews. Am I a blue state or a red state hobo? Blue, but Midwestern blue. Oh, boy. Oh, it's cold out there. Am I allowed to alter the mustache? Dude, why do you keep trying to make Hitler work? Am I allowed to kill other hobos to increase my odds? Kill anyone you like. You're a hobo. Am I a walking hobo? No. Quagmire and Cleveland are, but you're not. So wait. I would also be a paralyzed Hitler? Yeah. Would I be a black Hitler? Yes. No. Oh, well, wait a minute. Now, how come I got to be crippled Hitler and he's still white Hitler? If you got such a problem with it, Joe, just be the hobo. Okay, all right. I got one. <laughs> what a... What a crazy show. What a fucking crazy show. <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> Why are you trying to make Hitler work? <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Jeffrey Birchfield, I don't see anything about her IG on Athena. Well, then I apologize if that was all for nothing. I didn't mean to drag you through the mud. Or or through the cotton candy or, or anything. I didn't mean to drag you anywhere. Awesome. I was being a victim. I apologize. Jeez Louise. What number was that? Uh, 37. Oh. Okay, here's this one's good too. <laughs> this one's crazy. Don't take your eye off this one. This one, um, this, you know what probably the truth, the thing is, is as far as human beings go, like, I don't, is there such thing as a what do you call a, a you know there, there's gentlemen and is is there an equivalent for ladies like oh Caleb's such a gentleman and then people would assume like you stand up when women enter the room or you hold doors open or is there an equivalent for ladies 
think there is, but I can't remember exactly what the word is for it. Well, either way, that's what Athena is. She's very classy and she's upright. So if someone did say something bad about her on the internet or someone like she wouldn't she wouldn't like she's not like me and throw a temper tantrum. She would contact the person and be like, Excuse me, Miss Beth. Um, could I talk to you on the phone? And then they would talk it out. A lady, yeah. I mean, she's like she's a high caliber human being. I valued she's a good person. She's an adult, kinda. She's not She's not stupid like me. Okay. Um, she doesn't have, she's not like an, I'm still part orangutan. Uh, 36. Don't take your eyes off this one. This one's cool. Oh, shit. Bernie Gannon. That's good. You had a series called Killing the Fat Man. Sporty Beth is doing a series, Killing the Little Armenian Man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, Liz, watch closely. This is so good. Thank you for blowing this up. This is so. Oh, look at that pinky nail on that person. Is that a is that a man? Respect. Booyah. Okay. And then three. Who said he saw that ball just like that? And I'm spinning. So say I get the two hundred. Yep. Oh. Look, I'm gonna do it again. Watch. Yeah, I'm gonna do it again. Watch. Look. Watch. One, two, three. Who said he saw that ball just? Like that, and I'm gonna spin. Who said he saw it? And I'm gonna spin it again. You said one, two, or three. Which I one you said then? One, two, or three? Right Let's now? Spin. Yep. All right. I'm confident. If it's empty, I lose. Oh, I hit him for five. Yeah, you know Hold this, brother. That's the five you bet. Look, watch it now. Watch it, y'all. Watch it. One, two, three. Who said he saw that ball? This one, this two, and that three. And I'm gonna spin it all the way. Which one you said it is? A thousand? Oh, Wrong one. Oh, Got your ass that time. Which one you said there, Chief? Which one you said there? Just point to it. All I want you to do is point to it. You said one, you said two, Let me you bet said three. I'm going to spin it, and in I'm going to spin it in again. The middle. Listen sometimes. You want to see my titties? <laughs> what the hell? Uh, where were her nipples? All the way out there. Cool with that. It's fine. Fuck Damn. Funny. Thank you, David. Thank you. I love it when you laugh. I love an LOL from David. Fuck, that's funny. Uh, Caleb loved those. Everyone loved those. Those were great. He doesn't care about the nipple. No one cares where the nipple is. I don't even need a nipple. <laughs> uh, again, that one was titled Gambling is Fun. All right, so here's the deal. Um, I have so much work to do. I have to pack up all my stuff. I have to get my house ready for my nephew who's going to come live here. So Take a care fasting of the house while day. <clears throat> What'd you say? Taking care of the house while you're gone. Yeah, he lives here. It's cool. Him and the big old attack dog. I got to bring my. I got to pack up my my studio phone. I don't even want to leave my studio. My studio is so nice. Hog yeah, talk. Awesome. I, I don't really have anything to say about the hogs today. I, I hope that I hope that lady with the Italian boyfriend becomes a regular caller. How about that? Speaking yeah, of that hogs. was awesome. Yeah, she's good. I hope the Italian boyfriend calls too. We can ask him. Oh, we could ask him about her. Exactly. Yeah. Find out where her nipples are. 
Okay. Um, let me see if there's anything. Good Tyson Bajan on. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay. You guys ready? You guys ready? I don't know. My favorite game. First of all, I told you about bull rings yesterday, right? I mean, there's all these things that are correlates for mental illness, right? Okay. And 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 I and I know I speak in a little bit of hyperbole. Like a, a tattoo isn't a mental illness, but but the thing is, is this: uh, there's this continuum of like behaviors you would exhibit that correlate with mental illness. But and, and it's like, how many of those do you have? But it's also the fact that like, hey. Um, it shows how reactionary you are. The more reactionary you are, the more fucking mentally ill you are. So people who can create space and watch their thoughts and be reflective, they're, that, that, that's, well, I'm helping you define and understand what mental illness is, right? Right. And so, and it's, it's like addiction. Like every time you want to do a bump of meth, you do a bump of meth, you're fucking, you're, you're one, you're going to be crazy. You have a mental illness and you have an addiction. I'd say addiction is a form of mental illness, is, is a component of it. Anyway. And I would also argue that there's far more Democrats who are mentally ill than Republicans. But uh, um, let me uh, but a bull ring, anyone who's like, hey, thinks it's a good idea to get a bull ring like there's it's a strong correlate. OK, look at number nine. This is just fucking nuts. Bull ring and colored hair. Same with the colored hair. I mean, just imagine going to CVS, just that whole process of going there to get something to make yourself look ugly and then coming home and spending your Sunday afternoon to fuck your hair up. Oh, no, not this one. Sorry, I'm not ready for this. Sorry, not this. Sorry, that one's too tough. That one's too tough. I'm not ready for that. Where is it? Um, that was number nine. Sorry, 35. Sorry, 35. That number nine is so hard to watch. I, I can't put you guys through that right now. I'm in a, such a good mood. Um, man buns are not really mental uh, illness either. Look at I grabbed it. Now, I cannot believe this is real. This is a lady with green hair who's duct taped in a plane. American Airlines passenger was duct taped to her seat after she tried to open the plane door mid-flight after having a mental breakdown. Hey, if if I'm on that flight with my three kids and someone tries to open the door and, and I bludgeon them to death, am I is that murder? Self-defense. You tried to open the plane door? You are you out of your fucking mind? Hey, dude, I'd have put some duct tape. I'd have duct taped her way more than that. I'd have done some funny shit to her titties. Hey, do you think she's a Democrat or a Republican? Honestly, honestly, honestly. Well, who do you think she voted for? Whoever that one guy is that's homeless that always runs for president. Probably Your commander-in-chief, motherfucker. That's who she voted for. Uh, she tried to open the door of the flight mid-flight. Then bit an attendant. The person narrating the TikTok video said that the uproar, uproar began halfway into the flight when the attendants were running up and down the aisles frantically, kind of like whispering to each other. She continued, it was just kind of like chaos and no one knows what's going on. When the pilot finally acknowledged the incident over the intercom, intercom he told the passengers to remain in their seats due to bad situations on the plane, though he didn't describe what was happening. The woman allegedly started to bite, spit, and attack the flight attendants, which led to her getting duct taped. A 
American Airlines told New York Post that a woman attempted to open the forward boarding door mid-flight and was ultimately restrained for the safety and security of the other customers. That does not look like enough duct tape. Okay, scroll through them. Look at this shit. This shit is crazy. Yeah, I put a piece right. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, look at Oh, it did have sound yesterday. That's interesting. Yeah, it did. I don't know what happened. That's fucking hilarious. What a lunatic. Oh, she got the upgrade? You think that's first class where she's at? No. Yeah. That is? Yeah, I think so. Either that or like whatever that business class is. Yeah, Dem. Like we all know. What a lunatic. Did you see the video of that one lady that was like screaming about aliens on her plane? Yeah. She's become like famous, right? She, yeah, she's like, she's leaned into it pretty good. And now she's made a bunch of money off of it, I think. Oh, she has leaned into it? She does interviews and shit? Yeah, she like made a whole ser- like series about, or some video about how she's like, I'm really sorry that this happened. Uh, it's just really embarrassing that. What oh, happened? My- she got, she ate some moldy cheese or something and just lost her mind. No, I think she also had a mental breakdown, but also oh. the person that was sitting next to her had supposedly had like those contacts that have that look like snake eyes. Yeah. And so like she was freaking out and then saw that person and then also freaked out more because. Oh, that's awesome. Those snake, snake eyes contacts. Yeah. Tripped her out anymore. I don't know. The show should be over. Oh, Mike Sauer. Are we able to boost everyone's audio evenly? I have to watch the show on full volume to hear Sevon. If everyone is boosted a tiny bit high, it lets the audience control how loud they want to hear without being limited. Is, is, is the audio bad? Someone said that on yesterday's show, and then I went back and watched it, and the audio was fine on my computer. I have to turn you up pretty good you do like when i'm listening here like i'm probably over three quarters of the volume let me see um okay i just let me see uh uh reduce mic background is that uh take uh automatically adjust the mic volume i how's that is that better that's good say something else how's that i turned the volume i turned off automatic volume adjustment and just turned it really loud that's good. Yeah, I have to have my volume at 100 to hear Sevon. Oh, that sucks. It's my new mic. My new mic suck. Did that just start happening? Yeah, I think that started with the new mic. Wow. I haven't seen anything about it. until. Chris, it's true. Sevon's audio is low and mumbly. When the fuck were you guys going to tell me? Sevon, your mic sounds muffled. No shit. Everyone Somebody else is yes. saying how crisp it sounded. I think it sounds crisp. I think it's just the volume. How about now? Is that better? Is that different? I switched to this mic again. How about the this? Volume, the volume is the same. I don't, the quality sounds. John Young needs to be turned down all the way, though. <laughs> How about this? Did you guys get, get, get catch the difference there? You need more top end. What, what do you mean top end? You sound fine on my end. Jeffrey Birchfield. I find that the audio varies depending on your location on the stationary earth. Ah, uh, yes, of course. 
Well, does anyone know the difference? Look at it. This is the Rode mic. I'm, I have it. I have it. I'm talking on it, and everything's good, but I have my mouth right up to it. Mic, no mic, and now this mic. This uh, uh, this is like the best mic money can buy, I think. This is like brand brand new. This is like the Shure. <clears throat> uh, vindicate, uh, my audio is totally fine on phone and computer. Yeah, it, you know what it is? It's some people have... Um, Try to stick the mic in your mouth. Thanks. Uh, sometimes guests blow my, blow my ears out because I have you high. No shit. Sevi, please, can you put it in your mouth? Uh, second mic is better. Oh, no. Really? So this mic is the expensive mic, and then... You like this mic better. This is the Rodecaster. That's that would be a trip if you did. Hey, you know what I think it is? I think some of you have your shit set on stereo and some of you have it set on mono. And I think that's I think that's the um I think that's what's going on. Five to one is stereo, I think. It says five to one. What do you think of that audio, huh? I was I was pushed the mic up against my throat and swallowed. Here, let me see if I can. <laughs> oh, new mic is better by far. Okay, here, old mic. New mic. Yeah, new mic. I'm bummed out though. Having shitty audio will be a fucking deal breaker for a good podcast. Wow. I just turned you up like all the way. I um I really like swallowing. All right. Oh, I could hear Tyson gulping. It bothered me a little. Nothing he does bothers me. Damn, I'm sorry, Mike. I don't know what to do. So my mic this I turned the audio way up. If you guys hear well, someone who's gonna take charge of that in the show if my audio sounds like shit, they're gonna write it in the comments and unfuck me. You always sound good to me, so it's going to have to be somebody from the chat. Okay. I hated Ricky Garrard, but I'm the biggest Ricky Mac fan. Dude, you know what's crazy? Someone said, so for those of you who have seen Ricky on before, everyone's like, oh, my God, that was the best podcast Ricky's done. Oh, my God, Ricky was so lively. And then someone wrote, Ricky looks bored. It's so amazing the wide variety of observations and uh and discernments and understandings of what's going on in the show. Yeah, yeah like if you, yeah, like if you've never seen Ricky before, I could see where you think that. But if you've watched his other five interviews, it's like he was on fire. <sighs> oh, Jethro Cardona, that's all that matters. Loud and clear. Oh, did you see Tyson was wearing a CEO shirt? God, I love that. That was dope. I saw him like shift a little bit and I saw the top of the letters and I was like, nice. Yeah, boy. That's sick. All right. Um, I'll see you guys. I don't think I'll see you guys tomorrow. Tuesday morning, Greg Glassman will be on. Yay. Yay, yay. As Ice Cube says. 
Oh. Well, remember that unquenchable thing I said, yeah. told you? Yeah. That wasn't my line. I borrowed that line from a friend, and a friend of mine said, hey, feel free to uh, quote me on that. Nice. Is my friend Greg Glassman? Because I sent him, I sent him the picture of our of our mutual friend taking his four year old son to a tranny for reading hour, and he's like, and he said that it doesn't sound like something he'd say. The unquenchable desire you're bringing, yeah. you're providing your child. He spun it too. The whole thing that's all his. Like that's all plagiarized by by me. Just the the whole perspective on that instead of blaming them, being like, what are the parents thinking? You're bringing, you're bringing, like, where would you bring your child to? Oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to find a guy who's mentally Ill, ill and perverted and dresses like a woman who wants to be around kids and can't get satisfied no matter how many kids he's around. What? Huh. <laughs> Never thought of that. Uh, start each show with a five-minute audio buffer. All right. Uh, see you guys Tuesday. Caleb, thank you. Tyson Bajan, thank you. Athena, I'm pumped to film your seminar September 30th. Sign up now. Uh, go to Scaled Nation. It's at Diablo CrossFit. I'm sure Craig Howard, Howard will be there. I'll be there. If you've always wanted to be interviewed by me, that's your chance. Take the seminar. I'm sure I'll interview you. By the way, if you go there and you don't want to be interviewed by me, you don't have to either. It's not like, or you don't want to be filmed. It's not mandatory. And by, and by any means, I can avoid filming people. So, so there. And I'm not even going to keep the footage. I generously gift it to this amazing project that Athena Perez is a part of. Don't worry about me. I'll be fine through the hurricane. Uh, Sevon, you need to let your balls drop for the audio to be more clear. Bye-bye.